Do the trashy pulp novels of the world have anything to offer? Our bestseller is all they're cracked up to be. Here at Terrible Book Club, we explore whether you really can judge a book by its cover or its ridiculous synopsis. You ever passed a book and thought, ugh, who's reading this? We probably are. Version 2, more than a Trent Reznor biography, by Remanon Last. I'm Paris, and this is Chris. I, I got a time stain all over my shirt, Paris. It's just, <laughs> I, you know, I was trying to get it to, like, wash out, but, like, time, it stains really, really bad. Yeah, man, time is you know so this, hard to wash it, out. Like, you gotta get, you gotta get fucking, what's that guy, that Billy guy from, like, The Afterlife? He can get out Billy, of those Billy time Mays. stains. You yeah. Can, you actually, you, you <laughs> can't wash out time, turns out. Not, there's not enough oxyclean in the fucking world <laughs> no, but Billy to Mays has, time. No, but Billy Mays has, like, mystical oxyclean from, like, beyond the veil, so, like, he can get those time stains out. But like, Billy Mays here with time reversing OxyClean. <laughs> Just eat it. Like, that's what those Tide Pods. I was trying to send you a message from beyond the grave to eat Tide Pods. That's how you gain immortality. Yep. So, uh, terrible book club telling you to eat detergent. No, please don't. Uh, anyway, so <laughs> this book, uh, this book is a very specific kind of of literature that I've never seen before. Literature is a strong word. <laughs> yeah, well, it, so it's an unauthorized biography of a famous musician, but that's not all. So not only does uh, Miss Remanon last uh, discuss... By the way, tri- that, that before you hop in, I just want to say, like, is that name made up? That's oh, yeah. Up name, I mean, that right? can't be a real fucking name, because but I couldn't, figure, I couldn't find to- anything. She switched two letters of a Digimon's name, and that's what? her first name. Yeah, there's a Digimon. You know what a Digimon is? It's kind of like a Pokemon. It's a Pokemon, but the, right? But from the digital world, you see, it's it's a different series or whatever. But there's a Digimon called Renamon, and I'm like, this is some furry <laughs> shit, right? Like she she like switched the letters around and used the last name last because she couldn't think up of a last name, so she just used the word last. Yeah, dude, I tried. So, so I did a little bit of research on the author, or not really. I just googled her a little bit. Like I didn't. <laughs> really i didn't really like lend a lot of time to this because i was like you know my first thought is no fucking way is remanon last a real name like get out of here so i look her up and uh all i know is that she moved to bulgaria a few years ago she's originally from i think the uk and uh that's what the about the author part said said what that she moved to bulgaria that yeah she was from the U- yeah and, and like I all I could all I could find under her name was like her blog that she doesn't update that regularly and like pictures of her fucking cats. I don't know. She has like a Facebook and shit, but I'm not gonna I'm not gonna stalk this woman like whatever. And uh, I don't know. She writes a bunch of uh, like cookbooks about Bulgarian food. I don't know. Like there wasn't and a whole is lot. A, a big Nine Inch Nails fan. Oh I man, guess? this lady is the. She must be the biggest Nine Inch Nails fan. Like why else would she or biggest Trent Reznor fan? So um. 
you know, I was once an 11 to 14 year old goth girl, and I totally understand. I love Nine Inch Nails. Nine Inch Nails is cool. Uh, I might be a metalhead now, but I have, you know, there's no shame in liking other hands of music. Um, yeah, Nine Inch Nails has got some really good shit. I will never forget seeing the music video for Happiness and Slavery. Uh, if you've never watched it, you should watch it unless you're really squeamish, in which case don't. Uh, but, um, like, I don't know, Nine Inch Nails made a really big impression on me, like, when I was a kid. So, you know, I understand somebody liking it, but this is, like, crazy. Like, so it's an unauthorized biography where I think she just kind of, like, did what I did when I was looking up her. Like, just kind of Google Trent Reznor and Nine Inch Nails because all the information in this book is easily available online and the whole thing kind of reads like a Wikipedia article. I mean, let me let me give you the short description for those that might not understand what this book is. Imagine you took the Wikipedia articles for Trent Reznor, Quantum Mechanics, probably Wicca, and then like smashed your own like Victorian short story by like a shitty Edgar Allan Poe imitator in like in between it, like a mortar paste kind of thing <laughs> to smash together yeah. your bricks of Wikipedia articles, and you have. Have this book yeah so this book is not just uh as the title indicated it is more than a trent reznor biography so you kind of have the biography and then in between uh chapters of the biography and like the history of nine inch nails you have these excerpts from the demon sigmund the daemon, please. The daemon? Daemon. I'm just going to say demon because saying diamond is like saying it's that's stupid. So this lady thinks that she communed with a demon during a winter's night's ritual, uh, which is it's basically just like a a winter solstice thing for people who are pagan. I think people who follow like a Satru and like other pagan faiths or whatever, you know, it's like just, yeah, like a winter solstice ritual it's for Christmas. some it's just come on man it's it's a winter uh, holiday yeah it's kind not really but yeah sort of you i mean that's like the closest thing you can come up with these days and um but i don't understand how the thing she describes where she like i don't know chris how would you describe the uh thing she did to like the phone call she made like how did she make that demon phone the call phone, yeah uh <laughs> so i i kind of read through the first part of this book like not understanding quite what she was getting at at first because she mentions okay at the top it's like a short little thing about how she got in contact with the daemon sigmund by it's it, I, you know i kind of can't believe what i read almost so i questioned myself she had some sticks with letters engraved on them in like a tripod format and there was a pendulum in between them and somehow reading the swings of the pendulum she got letter by letter a transcription from the daemon i don't understand yep, if, uh, if she was like poking the pendulum to get it started if there's a special way to hit the pendulum to make it move dude. are you just waiting for natural <laughs> earthquake reverberations and, it, like to do yeah, it letter I, by letter see like is it just how would it always end up in words dude, it, it, it I, doesn't make sense that that would all it says that she had like a uh tripod she suspended a ring from a tripod and it enabled it to swing freely towards letters and I don't know, she she then talks about how the pendulum is a favorite tool of uh, New Agers and may be regarded as both a receiver and transmitter of information. She goes on to say that 
its power is scarcely understood and that its function continues to defy scientific explanation, which is not true. I mean, it's like just fucking Google pendulums is a huge Wikipedia article that's just like, here's the science of pendulums and how they work. And it's like, lady, no one no one is confused the by myst- a fucking pendulum. The like, mysteries of basic physics figured yeah. out by people thousands of years <laughs> yeah, ago. really. And, uh, and she's like, oh, oil and pharmaceutical companies uh, employ its use and even the military utilizes pendulums to pinpoint enemy <laughs> yeah. tunnels. And I honestly... I only so I was really interested in that part because I was like, "What the? Can you fuck? imagine like right? a four-star general like sitting in his tent with all his like commanders and shit, and they're like, okay, what are we gonna do next, general? What are we, what are we gonna hit next?' And he just pulls out a little tripod and like gently places it on the map, and there's a ring in the middle, and he just gently <laughs> just blows it on once, it, just blows on just it, gives it a kiss, it, yeah, gives just gently blows on it, flicks it once or something, and just watches it like swing towards the letter like A. And then L, and then it goes Al Qaeda immediately. <laughs> no, so I was like, I was like, okay, that's kind of a wild claim to make. And so I, I had a really hard time uh, finding confirmation that those things were still happening with pharmaceutical companies and the military using pendulums and like. Um, uh, Wait, what? still happening? So well, you no, accepted no. that it I, happened before? Well. Uh, but because I was like, where did she pull this information from? And I only found, like, one book that talked about it, and it was a book about the magic of pendulums. So, like, I kind of think that it's just, like, an aroboros of bullshit. Like, this fucking guy wrote about magical pendulums, and she's like, oh, yeah, well, magical pendulums, right? And it's just, yeah, I don't... I, so I don't think that I don't think that it's true is what I'm saying. Uh, if anybody else knows if it is, please tell us because that would be really interesting. But I don't think it's true. Or, or I like refused, I refuse to believe that every time she knocked this ring around, it made coherent words. So I'm guessing she it like made out like strings of consonants that she, or and vowels that she interpreted into certain words or something. Yeah, and and so basically. Yeah, so, like, I don't think anyone else is using dowsing or pendulums. Like, I don't think the military and pharmaceutical companies are. I def- I could believe that, like, some charlatan convinced some part of the military or some pharmaceutical guy to, like, let them try it out. But I don't think it was, like, in practice in either of those industries. Uh, so, anyway, she talks about, like, how magical pendulums are. And, and yeah, she gets this story from this demon Sigmund. And she's like, oh, and Sigmund told me... The guy's name was Zero, and from the sprinkling of cryptic clues, it was clear to me that Zero was Trent Reznor. And I was just like, what? Like, There's what the fuck? absolutely no way to connect that besides, no. like, a handful of lyrics at one of, point, and, like, yeah. some, his, uh, his uncle shared a name or something with someone in the demon story. Yeah, because the demon story is about a bunch of... I'm not sure if they're from France or Canada or they immigrated here from France, but they're a French-ish family and Reznor's family is apparently French, whatever. That's like the only connection. Yeah, like you said, there's a point where she's like, oh, but these lyrics from this song, like, yeah, lady, like lyrics can fucking mean almost anything. Like, I, 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 no, it's unless his lyrics were like. I was a French child. Like I don't think. Like I don't think that's what happened. So I, yeah, like she really because we're not. We, it sounds like we're skipping to the end here because this all is explained at the very end of the book. The first like ninety to one hundred pages is literally just a Wikipedia article about Nine Inch Nails with some like choice edgy trunk quotes sprinkled throughout. 
And that's about it for the whole book until the very end where she starts trying to connect the, the not even dots. There's like a single point, maybe. Dude, yeah. That I mean, she she's like really scribbled grasping. a bunch of lines over. Yeah. And so anyway, th- this lady's whole thing is that like, you know, she obviously, you know, believes in the continuation of consciousness after death and like, you know, believes that people can be reincarnated. And that's what this this book is about, how Trent Reznor is the reincarnated soul of Zero, who used to be a French kid in a past life or some bullshit. And I, 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 I just supposed don't... To be, which French kid was he supposed to be? Because the French I think he was supposed to be Claude, right? He was supposed were... to be Claude. I, I don't know. know, because they were written in such a confusing way. I, I swear to God, sentence to sentence, it was like tenses changed, <laughs> and like scenery was changed. Like, I could not... The causality was like completely broken. I couldn't tell if they were in chronological order or not. All I got was that there was someone named Claude, someone named Andre, someone named Mimi, someone named Etienne, and that some... They all liked Mimi, or they... None of the... like. They were mad about or jealous or something, and then someone died, and th- then that's <laughs> the end. I don't. So it's it. So it starts like the Claude and French people story starts like kind of at Medieval, like it starts like in the middle of some bullshit, and uh, you can tell like Claude murdered his girlfriend and their baby uh, while she was still pregnant. I don't know because he's just like a really fucked up guy, and then it like zooms back to his childhood but she she gives these pieces of the story in uh you know it's all broken up because it's in it's it's like uh layered with the the biography of trent reznor so it's like you get the story on one side of the page and then like the trent reznor thing on the other side of the page sort of uh yeah so like chris was saying it does at one point i remember at first i found it coherent and i almost thought like well maybe she should just publish this story about like claude and etienne and stuff like as its own thing. I feel like some people would read it like, oh, this, you know, over overly romantic and dramatized, I don't know, fucking soap opera shit. Like, people love that, you know, and it wasn't written that poorly. And I was like, okay. But then, yeah, like, somewhere- It was written extremely poorly. No, 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 hold on. No, I could not, I could literally not keep track of the causality of events in the way this thing was written. I it, Like, in within the paragraph, not even like, you know, because it was like in between chapters of the Trent bio- biography, but it's not even that. Just like sentence to sentence, I felt like I couldn't keep track of where anything was happening at what time and who was doing what to who. Because there was a lot of use of the he pronoun when there's many male people in yeah, a scene yeah. at a time. So I don't know who was doing what to who. Someone s- slept in a bed with a dead Mimi at one point. And yeah, that's like the Claude, very Edgar Claude Allan Poe ending. Yeah, Claude killed Mimi and... Uh... And their unborn child. Uh, and then his brother or friend comes in and just, like, burns them alive. Uh, I don't know. He or burns them. He's like, oh, yeah, he totally killed her. Huh? Oh, well. Time to set the house on fire. And just quietly <laughs> sets the house on fire and leaves. And, like, very stealthily. That, that made me laugh really hard, even though it was supposed to be this, like, really dramatic and sad depressing scene i was like that's hilarious like you just like oh no my friend murdered his girlfriend and their unborn child instead of i don't know calling the police dragging him away doing anything he goes 
oh, I'm going to let him have a minute, and then just sets the house on fire, and, and, I, I and it says he walks slowly out, too. He just, like, takes his well, you, time. You want to be a really cool guy, right? Because you had to walk out of the fire all cool. Like, Also, I think Claude was dead at that point, too. So I somehow oh, got that he? impression. I don't know. May- oh, maybe you're right. Maybe he was already dead, and he was like, I'll just set everything on fire, which, like, yeah, I don't understand the, why. That's how do. you deal. Anytime you see a body, you just set the whole place on fire so, to deal with it. So this, and that's, like, sorry, that's, like, the end of that story. Not that any of you really give a shit, but that's the end There's of that story. There's nothing else that the happens. Like, Andre like, takes Oh, and somebody's music gay. Lessons. Somebody's gay. Who is gay? Was <laughs> see, it I don't know. Was it Etienne? Do you see what I mean? Like, you can't tell who is did the gay lover thing with who because the pronoun he is used in very syntax inappropriate ways. Someone, Andre was taking music lessons from someone and Claude was jealous. That's all I could ever hold on to. Really. Yeah, like, because it is so, it, you know, it starts kind of with like, oh man, Claude totally killed his girlfriend. And then, like, as the story progresses, you kind of go back in time uh, all the way to the beginning and then. Sort of, it sort of does a Tarantinoing on you. You know, it starts like seventy-five percent of the way through the story. It goes back to you know one percent, and then you progress until you get to the end again. But um, what was the progression of the middle part? Except like Andre kids. took music lessons. Like that's uh, all. Like, Andre oh, took no. music lessons, and then they burned alive. I don't no. <laughs> see well, the connection. There's a part in the middle where the kids get older, and then people marry. Somebody marries Mimi. Uh, and then somebody else goes to war, and then while he's at war, he gets real gay with another guy, and then he kills himself <laughs> because he's gay, and then the kid he so was gay with comes back. I, I don't know. <laughs> so like, why do I give a fuck about the music lessons, Paris? Like, what is- <laughs> yeah. Well, well, the reason that's included is because Claude was, was a musician and had a talent with the piano, and so did Trent Reznor. So you see, they are the same person because only one person has ever played the piano as a child. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, does like, that mean I am a reincarnation of some other musician? No, you're also Zero and Trent Reznor. Oh. Congratulations! <laughs> oh, awesome, cool! Yeah. I'll collect those royalties, then, yeah. please. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, the, like we said, the connections she tries to make between these two things are very strange. I really think that they should have been published separately, if published at all. You know, if she wanted to do this but writing, who thing wants and- just the Wikipedia article about Trent Reznor and then the Wikipedia article about quantum mechanics? Not even the whole article on quantum, like the, no, the, the top paragraph summary. No, that's not even. No, we're not even. We'll, we're getting to that. But no, I'm saying like she should have published this like overwrought kind of romantic gothic horror thing on its own and not. But that would be like twenty pages. Well, she. What I'm saying is, she could have fleshed it out into a full story. Like, I feel like she could have done that; it would have been fine. But the, connecting these two, I just, I don't know. I, I can't understand. Like, you know, she's thinking she's communing with a demon on another plane, and frankly, I don't think that that happened. I think that. Oh, she- oh, so sorry. Whoa, slow down, Paris. <laughs> The skepticism is a little bit too much on this one. Well, the funny thing is that, like, I think I I found something where she wrote like, yeah, I think that I think in her blog she wrote something about like, yeah, I probably shouldn't have published those things together and said it was like a demon or something. I don't know. She like I think she had some regrets about it. Was um, it like a marketing ploy? Like, hey, if people who want to buy Trent Reznor's biography will get to read my shitty Edgar Allan Poe story at the same time? No, no. I think she she believes in this stuff because she's like pagan and believes in it. So she she start, states in the book that she follows. Um, Teutonic magic, which all I could figure out was that's like uh, has to do with astral projection and astral travel and different planes of existence. And she also says she is a student of the like 
what was it the runic code or something i don't and, even and remember. i was like i don't even know what that is and i tried to look it up and all i could find was the um was something called the uh like like oh she says she follows runic law and i was like what is that and the only thing I could find is the rune codex that was discovered in Denmark around 1300, uh, which is just, like, the first set of written Danish, like, Scandinavian laws. And I was like, why? What? I don't... But, I mean... I only subscribe yeah. to ancient Scandinavian laws. This I is, like, like, a new level of sovereign citizen where, like, oh, there's gold fringe <laughs> on your flag. Therefore, I only have to follow ancient Scandinavian law now, you guys. Yeah, like... Murder it, is fine as long as I pillage your house after. Yeah, dude, I was so confused. But, I mean, clearly this must not be what she's talking about. But I did uncover some interesting stuff in reading about this uh, rune codex. So, the rune codex actually has the uh, first written musical notations ever written in Scandinavia. Uh, it was found on the Rune Codex. It's the earliest written evidence of secular music in Denmark. Uh, and it and, turns uh, out it's actually head like a hole. <laughs> That's uh, and, where she found the connection. <laughs> uh, <laughs> that's hilarious. I wish it was head like a hole. Uh, no, it's <laughs> called Dream the Mian Dreamila. It just means I dreamt a dream last night and it's just it's just like four lines about that. So, that sounds like a Nine Inch Nails lyric to me. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. No, it's not. Um, yeah. And so that was a cool thing to find out. But I, I don't know. I mean, if she's really sitting here following laws from 1300, like I'd love to know what her personal and social and like economic life is like, because that sounds just difficult. Tries um, to pay for everything in goat all the time. Yeah, need. <laughs> yeah I know. Uh <laughs> Yeah, I need to sell you my daughter. Uh, anyway, um, <laughs> she, she she says that 1997 was the worst year of her life. Her marriage fell apart. Her daughter and herself were hospitalized with, quote, mystifying and, quote, crippling illnesses. Probably fucking drinking lead or something, lady. Like, I don't trust you. You probably caused it yourself. Um, Use some ancient Scandinavian cooking techniques yeah, based right. on Scandinavian law. And then, you know, turns out the, the Viking juice is just cockroaches and lead or something yeah, yeah. I don't know. so basically this lady was depressed and ill and her marriage crumbled and she found solace in thinking she could talk to demons about trent reznor and i mean like i can i can kind of sort of understand like the deep well of depression and how horrible that is and like trying to crawl out of it um you know by any means necessary but uh publishing those musings from that time probably not the best idea yeah i i still don't like i don't get what how you you get to the conclusion from i ha i'm talking to this demon uh, and it's telling me the story about the these ancient french people not ancient french people but like you know yeah like i don't know i think she she must have done some like genealogy research on resner because some of like i said most of the stuff is just something you can find online but some of the stuff like um earlier than his grandparents and stuff i was really surprised that again she could have just made this all up like i don't fucking know she talks how uh <laughs> there's a very short bibliography at the end that i didn't bother to check up on uh, but it didn't she, seem like it oh, had yeah. anything good she talks about how john resner made the journey from germany to america as a redemptioner uh, it's kind of like an indentured servant, sort of. Um, and then he married Rebecca and paid his debt. And then they settled in uh, Northumberland County. And uh, John and Rebecca had six children. And then they had, you know, 304 acres. And his great-grandson is George Foster Reznor, um, who was, like, Trent Reznor's, I think, 
grandfather or something. Uh, yeah, and I don't know. They grew up in he grew up in Pennsylvania, and like, yeah, it's just this. I don't know. Yeah, it's like the genealogy of Trent Reznor. Like, who fucking cares? Uh, like, I don't know. Uh, and then she talks about how Reznor's childhood was kind of shitty, but then it was kind of fine and normal, and he wanted to leave because his town was too normal. She makes some weird reference. She says that um, his staunchly Christian upbringing provided fertile ground, leading him to believe that possession was a distinct possibility and the Antichrist was always waiting in the wings. Rather than being repelled, however... Trent spent hours in front of the mirror, scouring his scalp, looking for the mark of the beast. I don't know if she was trying to make a, I don't know, like an artistic statement, but I couldn't find anything about Trent rubbing his flesh off, uh, looking for the mark of the beast. I don't... Did you... What did you Google to look for that? I would like to know your search terms, please. Uh, I think I literally just Googled, like, Scour scalp Trent Reznor, <laughs> Mark of the Beast Trent Reznor, and I couldn't find anything. I I don't know. Uh, very weird. Maybe it was the demon telling her this. And also, like, I wonder if she Maybe. ever tried to gain approval from Trent about any, like, if she contacted him for an interview or anything. Oh, or yeah. Like- so she talks about how she tried to contact him and, like, his manager or label or whatever multiple times. And they just, she was like, oh, we just too busy. You never come back to me. No, he thought you were fucking crazy, lady. <laughs> like, uh, apparently- hey, I'm trying to track your past lives. Perhaps you <laughs> yeah. I'm talking to this, this guy. He told me about all this stuff. I, yeah. Also, she talks about, like, pe- other celebrities claiming to have past lives, and I didn't realize it was this widespread of a phenomenon. Yeah, I didn't I didn't look into that, and I wish I had, because she, she lists, like, everybody. Uh, sorry, I'm, <laughs> Not like, everybody, but scanning through this. Elton John's in there, I think. Uh, yeah, this... uh, Steven Seagal? Was that right? Oh, good. Was it Steven Seagal? I don't know. He seems like someone that would believe in past lives, though, for sure. Yeah, Steven Seagal. Um... Oh, yeah, some of the facts she, like, kind of fucked up were, like I said, like, the whole claiming that, like, pendulums were mysterious, like, no, they're not. Um, and she's like, oh, and, you know, Nine Inch Nails, everyone's talked about, you know, what what does the name mean, whatever. She's like, well, no one really knows, but, uh, you know, the nails that were used to crucify Christ were apparently nine inches long, the nails used to seal coffins are nine inches long, and the fingernails on the Statue of Liberty are also nine inches long. Well, I fact-checked that shit. Uh... For cr- cr- your Christy nails for crucifixion, uh, they usually required eight to twelve inch long nails. So, like, maybe it's often reported as nine, but there's no real substantiation um, for that's that exact thing. That's just one of those like thing. school time rumors that ha- that's like the yeah. Marilyn Manson getting his own rib removed to suck his own dick thing. Like, yeah, it was one of those things. Yeah. So, but like a lot of Christian sites and stuff will be like, yeah, they were nine. And no, there's no archaeological evidence to suggest that they were all measured out to nine inches. They were typically eight to twelve. Because they had to be long enough to go through fucking human flesh uh, and hold you there. Coffin nails. Um, so this is funny. Uh, the search for the length of coffin nails was made difficult by the recent fashion trend of coffin-shaped artificial nails. So I was kind of just mired in like a bunch of ladies with fake nails that look like coffins and it was really confusing. <laughs> uh, so fuck you, fucking fashion trends. God damn it. Uh, but it, what I mean, about... What about sneezing nails? What? Coffin nails. 
Oh my sneezing. god, Jesus! Wow, nail. wow, Chris, just go! I'm gonna fucking nail you into a coffin after that joke. Oh, Jesus whoa. Christ! Shit! All right, jeez, just uh, try to add some levity to this. Oh, but, no, but anyway, uh, it it does seem like uh, coffin nails are typically maybe eight to nine inches. But again, it was I had a really hard time because ladies, ladies, fucking fingernails. Statue of Liberty nails totally not nine inches. According to official park statistics, they are thirteen by ten inches. <laughs> Come to Terrible Book Club for your Statue of Liberty fingernail length facts. <laughs> hey man, I learned. I you know what you know what I want to thank this lady. So thank you, Ramadan Last and this fucking book because I actually learned a lot of fucking fun weird shit uh, doing research on this crap. So thanks for I, writing this pile of garbage. You'll be cause... a smash success on weird extra specific episodes of Jeopardy. Yeah, I, I'm already pretty good at Jeopardy. Uh, it's only when they do sports stuff that I'm uh, not good. Oh, yeah, and then there was this really cool story she told that was actually true about um, how when Trent was filming a video for... What song was it? Goddamn. Uh, I don't know. Uh, a song. For, oh, for, for Down In It, I think. Uh, for the Down In It song. Uh, they They were, like, filming, and they were trying to get a specific shot, so they tied the camera to a balloon, and it just floated away, and... They couldn't get it. And it was found 200 miles away in a field by a farmer. And then he brought it to the police. The police thought it was a snuff film. The FBI also thought it was a snuff film and spent several months trying to locate the victim, who was Trent, whose body had been decomposing for weeks. Um, And so then they even went so far as to issue uh, ID photos for TV programs. And finally, like, Trent and his manager went down to the FBI and were like, guys, it was was fucking music video no he's try FBI. and the fbi the fbi was like no you have to prove to us that you're alive and he was like okay okay i'm physically here and like here's my birth certificate here's all my ids and they were like okay fine i guess it's not a snuff film but like apparently the down in it video is looks so real that the police and fbi thought it was an actual snuff film and that was all true i couldn't believe it i was so tickled when i was like wow that's really funny you're like oh man i gotta get this shot oh oh god oh no oh no oh god it's going to- oh my god oh my god Someone get and a then a week pigeon. later, the FBI is at your door because <laughs> yeah. they thought you killed yourself. <laughs> yeah, like there's holy a lot fuck. of discussion about like the edginess of Trent's videos and stuff in the in this thing. And like I I do think Nine Inch Nails and I guess Trent specifically have had a very good uh, ability to kind of like ride that edginess edge uh, 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 per, per se, where like it's not quite cringy enough to be lame, but sometimes like decades away, it feels that way. Well, yeah, I mean, I've been a yeah. Nine Inch Nails. Nine Tails It fan for a while, especially when I was a teenager. That shit was dope. Oh, yeah, totally. Like I like I was saying, you know, 11 to 14-year-old little goth Paris, man, did she love Nine Inch Nails. Um, but like, that was uh, 12 to 15, 16, perhaps, goth Chris. Yeah, I, I got on the metal train uh, pretty, I guess, pretty early. But, uh, you know, I still like Nine Inch Nails, but like this, uh, reading this book made me go back and listen to um, Pretty Hate Machine because I hadn't, I hadn't listened to that album in full in fucking over a decade almost two decades at this point and so i was like oh man so i put it on and i was like oh some of these songs are so good and then i was like oh some of these songs are really fucking bad and lame like yeah this is weird yeah, it, it's like peaks and valleys man yeah peaks and valleys yeah. like uh but okay. I, well here's a happy topic what's your favorite nine inch nail song uh i don't know i i've got a few like i love head like a hole i love wish i love happiness and slavery Closer's great. I don't, I know it got really overdone, but Closer's yeah, really Closer good. Closer is like a real cringe fest now, honestly, though. 
Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's like listening to those songs in a different time and place and at a different age. It's like, yeah, it's yeah. Like if somebody put that out now, it would be laughable. But because of the climate and the time at which it came out, it was really great. Uh, I don't know. And so it's yeah. I, mean, I definitely listened to it a ton when I was a teenager, feeling yeah. like really cool and shit f- listening to it. You're like, yeah, I'm listening to, listening to somebody talk about sex, and he's saying, fuck, yeah. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> yeah, that's, like... that's 12 to 16 Chris <laughs> yeah. uh, to a T right Dude, there. Dude, I think that's, that was most people. Like, yeah, I felt the same way. But like I said, I really think the, the impression that the Happiness and Slavery video made on me was like, oh, man. Like, all right, so if you've never seen that video, it's um, it's basically uh it, he got like a, a good like a, a not a famous actor but like a, an actor to be this naked man on this machine where he gets like sexually assaulted and tortured and then he's eventually fed into a machine and ground up and it's just like shot really well it's all in black and white i think and um yeah it was just like the most fucked up thing i had seen uh that was like tied to music at that point in my life and i was just like damn that was fucking ridiculous. Like, holy shit, I've never seen anything that, you know, that, like... And I'd never seen anything that had pushed boundaries like that in relation to music videos, I guess. So, um, yeah. For, for me, that was kind of the, the closer video, which was, like, its own surreal kind of, like, thing yeah. that was happening. Like, Trent's, like, spinning around a circle and there's, like, weird, like, imagery and faces and everything. Yeah. The one Nine Inch Nails video I always really liked was the March of the Pigs one, where it's just him in this band room, because it's, like, really just fucking raw rock star energy shit happening there. Oh, My yeah, favorite... Like- not- that's how Wish Nine Inch Nails too. song, yeah, my favorite Nine Inch Nails song, period, is probably Terrible Lie, actually. Oh, yeah, Terrible Lie is good. And it uh, also, be, go, it's, it's really good for shitty memes, too. Yeah, yeah. Uh, going to, like, Catholic school for 12 years, that was, like, my ultimate, like, yeah, rebellion. So, yeah, I don't give a shit about God. I don't care about God at all. Yeah, lie. Oh, wow, that voice is great. Um, yeah, that's my edgy team, Chris. Um. Yeah, so I don't know. Uh, oh, yeah, I made a note about uh, apparently Al Jurgensen. Uh, he was, you know, he's the main, he's the frontman for Ministry. It talks about how he uh, collaborated with him on a side project called One Thousand Homo DJs. I thought that was such a great name. It's it so is a pretty stupid. good name. I oh, it's so dumb. Um, yeah, I mean, it definitely did make me go like, oh, man, some of this shit was, pre- like you said, pretty like, oh, boy, that seems dumb. And like, but whatever. I Like I said, thing, things out of context always seem kind of stupid. Uh, oh, yeah, there's this part about like Axl Rose being a huge fan and then they like toured with Guns N' Roses. And I was like, did that actually happen? I, what? Like, Nine Inch Nails and Guns N' Roses does not make any sense to me. Maybe and sort of like the transgressive nature of both bands, you know, Guns N' Roses has a history of like crazy stage shows and like, uh, you know, dramatic shit happening. And apparently yeah. Nine Nails had a little bit of that up front as well. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I've I've actually never seen Nine Inch Nails. And the last time they sold tickets, actually not that long ago here in Boston, you had to go to the box office to buy them. So there was a line literally all day people were there Starting from like four in like, the morning yeah, until my like, brother almost meh. went and he he like decided against it last second uh, no my friend liz went she stood in line all day and then didn't get tickets but somebody she knew ended up uh being ahead of her and got them for her so that was cool uh my friend laura has tickets too and i i really want to go but um you know it's probably gonna cost like thousands of dollars at this point to get a, a ticket so 
Yep. I guess I'm just going to die never having seen them, which kind of blows. I'd like to see Trent in, uh, you know, his, although, I don't know, current Trent is like, I, I don't know, man. I, I was talking to Chris about this earlier, but like, if you look at a current picture of Trent Reznor, it's a 2018 Trent Reznor, uh, and he's he was in the news today actually talking about how shitty Trump is. So good for you, Trent. Like, yeah, there was a lot of weird cool. nine inch nails um, popping up in our lives before this. Like, there was that Trump thing. I watched an episode of Westworld today where the episode description was a lyric from Hurt. Uh, yeah, weird. Haunting me a little bit. It's that Damon, I guess. Maybe yeah, if I, I need Sigmund. to like set up a, a fucking whatever tripod housing <laughs> thing. Uh, yeah, and, and, like, if you look at a current-day picture of Trent Reznor, it's as if Trent Reznor and David Duchovny are just emerging into one person. Like, they're both becoming Trent Duchovny, or, like, I don't know. Re- That's Re- what the song The Becoming is about, Rez- actually. It's just a, it's a future prediction of he's going to turn into an extremely handsome man. It's just so weird, because they're both starting to look like the other one, and that's strange, because I've never thought that they looked anything alike. But then again, I'm a fan of, like... Uh, strung out on heroin, beautiful, skinny, pale, long-haired Trent Reznor. That's, like, my preferred version. The modern version is healthier, though, so I have to support that because that's it's kind of fucked up to be like, no, I want you to be on drugs and dying. Like, no, no I want yeah, you to be healthy. Mo- modern Trent looks like he could cuddle me really, really well, so I much prefer <laughs> that version. Yeah, he would snug the hell out of you. Uh, <laughs> Very strong-looking. Uh, yeah, and... uh the fuck is this shit i don't know i made a bunch of notes and now i'm like i don't remember what uh i you had like a couple interesting notes about how you didn't know that he scored some video games and movies and stuff like that oh yeah I yeah i he did the vid- the music for like was it doom quake or- he did it quake. For quake quake uh which i didn't know and i was like oh that's fucking cool yeah he um he scored a bunch of movies. He did the Social Network, which I've never watched, but I heard oh, it was he a pretty did? good score. Yeah, um, yeah, and he uh, he was you know he and David Lynch were bros because Lynch liked what he was doing and he liked what Lynch was doing, and he and Manson contributed to music for uh, was a Lost Highway, I think. Yep. Um, and I I love David Lynch, although I do not love all of his films. I do love uh, like Twin Peaks is one of my favorite things, and uh, Kyle MacLachlan is also one of my favorite actors, and Lynch uses him a lot. Um, yeah, so even though even though he kind of plays the same character and everything. Um, this is like, I love Steve Buscemi. He's one of my, favorite, my other favorites, but that's a tangent. Um, but uh, yeah, so Trent bought the uh, the house on, what is it, 10-500-something CeeLo Drive. The, the Manson the house. The Manson house. Like, that's all, you, like, you don't have to give the And, you know, and he address. was like, no, well, no, I just, it's not even there anymore. Uh, but uh, he bought it, turned it into a studio, and, like, recorded some albums there, and... He claimed, like, he didn't actually know that the house was, like, infamous at all. He just, that was the one he liked the most out of all the ones he was looking at at the time. You know, he's like, I don't know, it had had a room that looked like it could be turned into a studio. Cool. But, uh, eventually, Sharon Tate's, like, sister confronted him and was like, dude, the fuck? You're profiting off of my sister's brutal murder. And he was like, you know what? You're right. Fuck this shit. And he was like, yeah, I don't want to glorify serial killers. Like, this, this shitty biography made me be like yeah man i like you trent like, like i mean i was a fan of his work and stuff but i didn't i didn't know a whole lot about his life but uh i don't know it's like he's a pretty pretty all right dude yeah uh, i wonder how he would respond to actually reading this book and being like what god wait, I'm, I a, want, I'm a uh, i'm I an want, entity from beyond called zero dude i want him to read this i'm gonna i'm gonna try i'm gonna tweet that shit out of him and I'm gonna be like dude we read this ridiculous thing you should also read it 
it's not gonna take a lot of your time. I gotta, I gotta know. I gotta know. Are how you sure you that will like awaken the, the the spirit within him, and like then we'll get like Ultra Trent or something? Oh, oh my god. Oh, and then there was like all this weird conspiracy stuff about Tori Amos and Trent Reznor like maybe having a relationship or some kind of affair, and apparently like she came over one day when he was depressed and uh, she tried to make him some chicken in in the Manson house. The sexiest she, of dinners. But she put the chicken in the oven and it remained raw even after several hours. Oh, and, oh no, the and, omens. And Reminon it last, can't just be that the fucking gas line is broken no, or something. And Reminon last begs us to wonder, was it a case of supernatural intervention? And I was like, oh yeah, those ghosts were like, fuck you, eat your ice chicken, you stupid mortals. Like, I, I boo, was like, what? Ooh, yeah. your chicken I, won't yeah. cook. Like, You'll have to what? buy some chicken tendies outside. Like, 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 what kind of fucking stupid ass ghost are you? Like, do you, <laughs> you have better things to do? Do you have better haunts to put on? Like, I, No, apparently uh, when you're like a mortal forever, just like kind of fucking with everyone's food. Like, oh, your soup is cold because yeah. I blew on it with my ghost breath. Like, when you die and become a ghost you just become a member of the three, of the stooges like you're just like the one billionth stooge like it's no longer three stooges it's like the one billion seven hundred million five hundred thousand stooges <laughs> and you be, and you become the latest member there's um, a lot of stooges out there wow yeah uh <laughs> i don't know man how many dead people I, I, in an in an uncountable number of dead people um I don't know, more fucking, oh, fucking more French shit. Uh, I'm just scrolling through looking for my notes because... How about where, like, the very loose sidebar to quantum mechanics is made as well, if we'll, that justifies we'll reincarnation? We'll talk about, we'll talk no, about that's, that. No, we don't have anything else to talk about with this shit, so let's talk about it right hey, now. Hey, you know what? Fact, Trent's dog died and, because it, it jumped off of the balcony uh, at the... Uh, the Columbus, Ohio Convention Center while he was playing because it That's wanted really to see his master and it fucking jumped to its death like an idiot. That's like the sad. I know. Thing. I was so sad. I was like, dog, why are you so stupid? God damn it. Oh, dog, why do you not understand gravity? Fuck. Okay, uh, can now can we talk about the, the weird quantum mechanics part no, now? No, I'm almost there. I'm almost drop there. That uh, bummer. Almost there. <laughs> drop uh, that huge there's bummer. There's also a note that Courtney Love uh at first, they were cool because he saved her from being raped on a pool table or something. But then, I don't know, their friendship, like, didn't go so well. And she was, like, she declared he was the father of her child. And I was, like, was Courtney Love just running around declaring that, like, everyone was the father of that fucking kid? Like, I don't, I don't, I didn't really bother to look into that. But that was weird because I didn't even know that, like, they knew each other. Uh, I guess Nine Inch Nails and Hole, like, had played together. Um, yeah trying to see if there's anything before fucking <clears throat> oh my god the lady that called AOL and was like yeah I'm Trent Reznor's wife and they were like okay here's his password to everything yeah. <laughs> that was a great story oh man social engineering didn't take that much back then nah AOL didn't have shit for security protocols apparently this lady named Amber Apple how do, how do we know you're Trent Reznor's wife um uh, he fucked me like an animal <laughs> oh, that checks out oh wow uh, yeah, her name was Amber Applebaum, uh, and she, I don't know, she just, like, got into all of his shit, and she, I mean, she ended up, you know, getting found out and prosecuted, uh, I don't know, Marilyn Manson wrote bad things about Trent in Marilyn Manson's autobiography, boohoo, whatever, I read that book, and I don't remember anything about Trent, because I read it a long time ago. Oh, yeah, there's this weird line in the French kids' story, 
where it says, like you were saying, it does get confusing. And this was one of the points where I was really confused. It said that he felt the abiding pain of the one that had shared this love with his brother. And I was like, is she trying to say that, like, Claude and Andre had an incestuous gay relationship? Or I... I don't know, because he was, like, it's talking about how Claude, like, got mad at the kid that his brother fucked. And, uh, yeah, so that was confusing. I I don't know. Do you see what I mean about how, like, there's no, like, temporal rationality to any of those (laughs) sentences? Yeah, I I guess maybe maybe you're right. Uh, I don't know. And then she talks about how he lives in New Orleans. and Oh, Sylvester Stallone. Uh, thinks that he is a sorry. I'm sorry, Steven Seagal. I, I'm sorry, Steven Seagal. You're a martial. He's fine. You're a martial arts fraud, and I'll hate you for that. But like, I sorry, you don't believe in past lives. As far is as that I your know. other podcast, Martial Arts Frauds? <laughs> Just your dude. Exposing. I would love to do because man, these there's so many people who purport to be these masters of martial arts and like masters of ooh, knife defense and like oh i can just touch you and you're gonna fall over and it's oh my god i i'm i really want to say like 80 percent of all martial arts shit is bullshit like so many people just not actually doing a thing that's a real martial art like oh my god anyway anyway um john travolta stevie nicks uh tina turner Tina Turner thinks she was Hatshepsut, which is interesting. Uh, of course. Elton John. Yep, you're right about that. Uh, Martin Sheen. It's George, always like you're George something Patton. cool in a past life, right? It's not like, I remember yeah. my past life. I was a shit swallower for a living. <laughs> Actually, we just swallowed shit all day. Well, no, Elton John thinks that he was just a bus driver in London, <laughs> so that was kind of funny. That's kind of like a shit swallower, so I'll take that. <laughs> Oh yeah, and then she starts getting into okay. So this is this is fucking philosophy and uh, quantum physics hour. So uh, if any of you are familiar with Western philosophy, uh, the concept of idealism appears here, uh, and it's apparently very close to uh, some aspects of quantum theory. So she talks about like, all right, one of the things she kind of gets wrong is she talks about um, colors. She says, you know, through classical science, we've developed an understanding of brain function. It's now common knowledge that hearing, vision, smell, and sensation all take place in separate areas of the brain. Uh, But the leap from neural functioning to conscious experience still remains a mystery. For instance, although it is known that when a certain color comes to consciousness, a particular set of neurons will fire in response, um, scientists still cannot explain why that happens. And it's like, well, animals like humans perceive color to better navigate their world for survival. Like... We kind of know why. Like, I don't know. It's another one of those moments where she's like, yeah, this is mysterious. It's like, I don't know. It's not that mysterious. Like, it seems like it makes sense. She's getting the whole, like, evolution thing backwards as if, like, color has some intri- in- intrinsic meaning to, like, why the colors are that way. When it's really, it's just the certain way that a creature's photon receptor organs are processing things to their brain because i'm totally colorblind i see colors like pretty way differently than everyone else it doesn't mean that like i'm missing some fundamental truth about the universe or how things are supposed to work it's just because my perceptors are wired differently yeah which means previously i probably wouldn't be able to survive as well so that gene wouldn't get passed on right because the people that see when i say normal i just mean the most average ones that happen that perception is the one that increases survivability yeah, and, and I mean, and then she moves on to say, like, uh, talk about quantum mechanical experiments, which said one of the first and perhaps one of the most significant. 
was one that showed that light could exist either as waves or subatomic particles, photons. Um, And so she's like, oh, so subatomic light can exhibit the characteristics of either waves or particles, but not at the same time. And she seems to think that, like, this means that objects can be both permanent and non-permanent and, like, non-physical. But, like, I mean, while wave-particle duality exists, I don't think it means anything for how humans perceive objects. Like, I think that she was kind of stretching there. Um, I mean, quantum theory is still evolving, so, like, maybe something will come of this. Because, I mean, quantum theory is, like, a fr- you know, it's a fringe science, and some of these people she talks about are, like, f- the fringe scientists of that fringe science. So, like, this is stuff that is so theoretical, like, it's... I mean, I don't even know if it's worth... Uh, the average person really I, like understanding or perceiving. I think that's perceiving. why there's like a lot of charlatans that like jump to this because they they hear the like oh anything can be anything until you observe it like idea and they take that to mean like well anything can be anything I want it to be until you know yeah until it's proven otherwise I right not, yeah yeah and I mean that's kind of like like Berkeley's idealism like I was saying we were going to talk about philosophy idealism is kind of the same it's similar in that you know with idealism that that includes like there's no there's no belief in the physical. Like, everything is an idea. We are all an idea in the mind of God, or we are all just ideas. We aren't, um, yeah, we don't have physical form, and the only reason we do is because we think we do, basically. So, uh, I'm just it, a dream floating yeah. on a memory. I played Very- Final Fantasy X. I know how this goes. <laughs> you play, did you say you played Final Fantasy X? Yeah, um, there's a weird character thing. They're actually dreams interacting. It's I'm not going to hear talk about Final Fantasy X. Fuck that. So, Let's get- so anyway, so basically, this lady thinks that quantum theory mechanics prove the existence of a soul or the non-existence of physical bodies. Um, and so I thought this was total crackery. Okay, so I thought this was total crackery. And I'm like, I'm not totally convinced, but I like I do feel that I learned some very interesting things when I did this research. So, um. So Max Planck, uh, he's sometimes referred to as, like, the father of quantum theory. He posited that consciousness is not dependent on a physical body and can indeed live on as an energy stream that can then be absorbed by another entity. But that was just something he said. Uh, whether or not that was observed, I don't know, and I highly doubt it was, because I feel like if that was observed, that would have been the biggest scientific discovery in the last, you know, 100 years. But, um, you know, there's this guy, uh, Jim Tucker, who has been collecting stories of past lives from children for decades or a couple decades now um and that was interesting uh, he thinks reincarnation is possible because he thinks that consciousness is energy on a quantum subatomic level which is contained in our bodies and not part of them so uh according to these quantum theorists uh consciousness is like a sandwich you ate in a past life it's not really a part of you but it fuels you uh, okay. You know what I mean? That's like fantastic metaphor. <laughs> like there. that's that's kind of. I like, had this Reuben a billion years ago, yeah. and it still touches my stomach well, to this day. Or like okay, or like consciousness is like a sneeze from somebody else that you can catch and you might remember. If we continue with the sneeze metaphor, you might catch the memory cold, but usually these things fade as you age. So like, you can catch a consciousness sneeze or like a memory cold from somebody else if they sneeze next to you, um, but. As uh, you... Dave, you sneezed your shitty third birthday party all over yeah, me again. Yeah. That's kind of, yeah. I have to remember that time you shit your pants. Over... Oh, god damn it, Dave. So, so like... So I'm like... sorry, I have a memory cold. <laughs> but, like, that, I mean, that's kind of the best way I could think of explaining what I was reading. Um, 
So it's, it, I mean, obviously it's very interesting to think about, but like we've never observed any of these things. Uh, this, this guy Tucker though, all the stuff that he's, all these um, like anecdotes he's curated. Uh, it's really interesting. Uh, I would recommend reading about that actually. Uh, so I don't know. I'm now suddenly fascinated by quantum theory and quantum mechanics and I need to go listen to some Michio Kaku lectures. Uh, but uh, Miss, uh, so Remanon last, like she in this book talks about their survival of consciousness as having a lot more intent than any of these quantum theorists do. So like she thinks that children choose their parents and that consciousness, consciousness can choose a specific person to inhabit next. And that is not something that's part of like quantum theory or anything that like Tucker or Max Planck ever did. So yeah, she definitely is, is really squishing stuff together here to try to make her How case. How does that make this? So like the, the, Ur-soul that exists beyond bodies that gets trapped in some bodies sometimes decides to go into these bodies but doesn't retain really much of the past lot like maybe you get some memories here and there but besides that what what effect like who cares yeah i mean it even matter i because well according to her it matters because you can like improve yourself as you go through these new lives so it's very similar to like eastern ideas about um reincarnation and reaching nirvana so there's that um but if you never if you can't remember your other lives in full like what is that you're just starting from almost zero every time right like yeah i yeah i so why so that doesn't make any sense i have no idea um but anyway i and more some more fun quantum mechanic stuff um Apparently, Roger Penrose and Stuart Hameroff uh, have something called... They've they developed something called an orchestrated objective reduction theory. It's called the Orc-Or theory. It tries to provide a description and explanation of the soul through quantum mechanics. So I would like to check that out at some point. Um, but then, I don't know. But And then there was, like, this really interesting article I read about um, how these these ideas about consciousness kind of, like, living on... It's, it's sort of true from a sci- from like a genetic point of view. So um, there's something called transgenerational epigenetic inheritance, and that's when uh, a parent's life experience can have effects on their offspring through genetic mutations, uh, like caused by drug use or exposure to certain envi- like extreme environments or like physical trauma. So things that happen to you in your life can actually change your DNA, and that can then be passed on to your children. And in that way you're kind of like inheriting, you know, the past, but that's directly related to your fa- you know, your family lineage. And same with like Lamarckian inheritance. That's when, uh, you know, somebody, uh, well, not somebody, it also applies to animals, but they can pass on an acquired characteristic to offspring, uh, instead of like things that actually affect their DNA, which is a little more mystifying. Cause that's like, those are usually more superficial characteristics, uh, but that, that can happen sometimes. So yeah. Uh, anyway, I think that, this lady's so this lady's ideas have a little more basis in reality than i thought because i was being admittedly kind of a judgmental asshole um but i still think that i still don't believe any of this you know like it would take a lot for me to really be converted to somebody who thinks that consciousness survives (laughs) i see zero lines connecting quantum mechanics with reincarnation at all besides that whole idea that like anything can be anything therefore all energy <laughs> can be any converted energy type it i just don't see the through line at all maybe to the soul thing sure a little bit but i don't understand how like it 
I don't see any connection. Like I said, it would take quite a bit for me to be totally convinced, but, um, yeah. But I don't see even the first connection. Like, I don't, I don't see the first goddamn line connecting. Well, you see, some very tiny particles are very hard to detect, and exactly the nature of them are hard to um, observe without affecting think, them. And I think that's her point, is that consciousness could be one of those things. Could be a subatomic uh, particle or set of particles that we perhaps cannot perceive yet. Um, I, think, I think that's where she was going, and that's where quantum theory goes. But, uh, anyway. That seems dumb. I'm sorry. Yeah, I know. But, anyway... Um, oh, I found the answer to how these stories are connected. Remember when we were like, how the fuck did she figure out that this story, like, was Trent? Uh, so Trent's great-great-uncle was named Claude Lorraine Reznor. So she thinks that the demon story is about Claude Lorraine Reznor. All right. His ancestor. Yeah. So the, the, the fucking spirit of Zero can't even travel far beyond the family or something? Like, yeah. That's a lazy spirit, man. Oh, yeah. On and the then, quantum level, like, find someone, like, a, there's billions of people. Oh, my God. She makes this ridiculous assertion um, about how Claude had a, a, a flair for showmanship, and he he would, like, exhibit horses, and clearly that's it's obvious that he's living on in Trent because Trent also exhibits human freaks for profit when he went on tour with Marilyn Manson. And I was like, that is a gratuitous and absurd stretch. <laughs> like, he went on tour with Manson in a sideshow, and the sideshow did their thing, and, like, yeah, they probably had some weird groupy stuff happen, but, like, he wasn't showing, like the bearded lady in a ring like a horse like that's not what was happening and i, I just that, thought that, that was a stretch armstrong arm broke off long long ago yeah i just thought that was very like a very weird stretch that she made in the fucking book oh yeah and then you find out unfortunately where the name of this book comes from it's from uh it's from hurt actually <laughs> um Beneath the stains of time, the feelings disappear. You are someone else. I am still right here. Which is her like one of her major proofs of like Trent being aware of his reincarnation for some reason. (laughs) And I I heard a note that said, I could totally see being really drunk or high and thinking this was confirmation of my crazy past life theories. So like I, yeah. if you're like really fucking punked out of your mind and you're like, oh uh, yeah, he's telling me he's telling me you're some someone else. Fuck, right. Um Yeah. Yeah. No. Yeah. Sorry, nope. Nope. Uh, this this shouldn't have been written. I'm sorry. It's really bad. Uh I did find it interesting that uh Chuck Palinick, uh, who authored, you know, Fight Club, uh, Invisible Monsters, Diary a uh, bunch of other shit. Apparently, he listens to Nine Inch Nails records when he writes, like, obsessively. Uh, apparently, when he wrote Lullaby, he listened to the fixed CD over and over again. Uh, I guess when he wrote Fight Club, he listened to Downward Spiral over and over again. Uh, blah, blah. So that was interesting, because I actually I like Chuck Palahniuk. Well, I don't like all of his books, but I do generally like him. Uh, and then she gives a fucking housewife a uh, horoscope thing. Like, what the fuck yeah, was that about? A, a what was that about? Of, it just lets you know what Tauruses are like at the end of the book because, you know, we oh, had to slap God. one more Wikipedia article on yeah, at the yeah. end here we to, had to slap- make this fucking ramshackle house stand up. <laughs> we for- had to slap one other fucking stupid new age fucking garbage thing on here. Like, so, like, all of a sudden, and that's the other thing is, like, this book doesn't flow. Like, she ends this part about, like, Chuck Palahniuk you know 
listening to Nine Inch Nails while he writes. And then immediately the next sentence is, although natal horoscopes have largely been reduced to the realm <laughs> of the ridiculous by popular newspapers and magazines. Like, what? Um, the very, very last paragraph what? is like the, the Damon Sigmund going like, hi, I'm, D- I'm Sigmund. Nice to meet you. <laughs> wait, you should believe me. Wait, what? Did no you, like the very last paragraph is no like the, another uh, read the last like the it says Sigmund at the very end and he's like hello you should believe me humans no ah, ha, ha, I'm wait. a demon wait <laughs> like the second to, right before the about the author uh, section oh yeah a little... she also talked about how Carl Jung said he had a demon named Philemon and that's also not true oh my god you're like you're right okay I gotta read I gotta read this yeah it's like a little paragraph. <laughs> I am Sigmund, chosen by Remanon as her companion, her daemon for this life. Our relationship has perhaps stretched the boundaries placed between the one incarnate and their spirit consort, but I believe it to be right. All is changing between the words. No one enters life without one such as I. Daemon, angel, spirit guide are just some of the names by which us non-human companions are known. Western sensibility discourages a belief, dismissing our existence as psychological imaginings. However... The angelic reality does exist. Indeed, it is an integral part of the fabric of the universe. Yeah, that's the last thing in the wow. book. We just, like, wow. <laughs> I like your voice, Jesus. by the way, which started out kind of Captain Kirky <laughs> and then turned did, into something else completely. It did whatever. Uh, oh, I can read, you, read the about the author section. In 1998, Remanon last returned to the UK after living in Ontario, Canada for 26 years where she bred and trained Arabian horses. For several years, she made her home in mid-Wales, living an idyllic, if rather bohemian life, with her daughter and now ex-son-in-law. However, even very good things sometimes come to an end and she has now set out to find a new way of life in Bulgaria. British-born, she inherited her love of all things equine from her father, along with other rather earthy abilities. Whilst he could charm warts and heal wounds with a few words and some masking tape... She can, amongst other things, communicate with those residing in the spirit world. What brings her joy? My family. Our animals. Cats. Always. Horses, of course. Books and more books. Cooking and preserving and gardening. Searching out beautiful old things. Music, although an awful lot of music can drive me to distraction. Charity shops, auction sales, and open gardens. Ancient places. Good and vigorous discussions. Small galleries. Handcrafted things of all kinds. Open minds. Remnant last. <laughs> Why does it go from third to first person? I, dude, middle, I don't know. Like... She doesn't. She doesn't know what tenses are or what fucking perspectives are. Um, yeah, her bibliography includes a book called Yesterday's Children, uh, another one called Beyond the Ashes: Cases of Reincarnation from the Holocaust, a third one, The Self-Aware Universe, uh, number four, In Search of the Dead, number five, Discovering the Soul, and number six, The Conscious Universe. That's it. Yeah, uh, bleh, bleh. don't read this. Um, read. <laughs> yeah, like, it was a waste of our time. <laughs> don't read it. Um, please just like read articles about quantum theory, quantum mechanics. That shit was really interesting, and I am like super into reading more about that now. Um, I like I said, I've I've listened to some like Michio uh, Kaku lectures and stuff. He's a really cool scientist who's mostly pretty easy to understand. I don't know. Sometimes he kind of. He's a little bit off, up high but, in the sky sometimes. Yeah, yeah, but um, but I like him, and um, yeah, I don't know. So quantum theory and quantum mechanics and quantum physics, all really cool. Read about that shit. 
Um, also, if you want to know about Trent Reznor and Nine Inch Nails, just read the Wikipedia articles on, on those things. Um, It'll do you a much yeah. better job, and you won't have to deal with, like, cool-sounding Trent quotes in the middle of it, where he's like, yeah, I like the record label, fuck them. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, again, I really think that what um, Miss Lash should have done was to have uh, not put these things together. Um, I just really think that if she had put more, you know, put some more effort into it and fleshed it out, I think the other story could have been marketable to some people because, like, I think that while in this presentation, you know, it was really fucked up and didn't really, you know, we we were confused about, like, who was what and what happened, but I think if she actually sat down and wrote it into a full story, people would be into it. Like, people like that overwrought, like, romantic, dramatic, soap opera bullshit set, like, 300 (laughs) years ago. Like, that's, like, isn't that what, like, fucking Jane Eyre and, like, the Bronte sisters and, like, all that shit's all about anyway? I mean, that was, like, more during their time, so it was kind of contemporary, I would say, for them. Yeah, but, but... at the same... would Here's a question for you. Would you have wanted her to, like, wrote out that whole story, fleshed out more, and at the very end be like, and then Claude was reincarnated as Trent Reznor? No, Ooh. these two things need to be separated forever, please. Like, God. Like that's the twist ending or no. whatever? No. Um, and, and, I mean, if she wanted to do a biography on Trent Reznor, I mean, she should have just done that and did a separate i mean i don't really think that i, I guess for me in, in, the instead of Reznor, batting a ring in between pendulums like a cat yeah <laughs> like well i think the thing for me is like i don't feel like a trent reznor biography need i don't feel like she needed to do it i'm i mean is there is there already one that exists um i'm gonna check the internet real quick because i didn't actually look at that um i mean once again like a wikipedia article probably oh my suffices. god her fucking book is the thing that comes up when you fucking type that in Oh wow! Jesus, <laughs> yeah. Okay, so so the world does Good need SEO for her. Yeah, the world does need a Trent Reznor biography, apparently, because the only one that really comes up is this fucking thing. But yeah, honestly, I don't know that it's super needed because, like, I said, just read read random internet articles and it has the same information in it. Um, but yeah, I just think that these two things should have been separate efforts, um, and I think that. Even if she feels in her heart of hearts that she communicated with a demon and got this story, I just don't think that that, this is the way that she should have let the world know about that. I feel like she should have just made these two stories, published them separately, and then maybe talked to her friends about this demon and, like, not put it in a published work because it just makes her seem crazy and it just makes people not read it. Uh, I feel like it's... Yeah, uh, yeah. that's pretty much all I have to say about that. So I think that's it for this episode, too. We got to do our usual spiels here. But oh, that, yeah. Uh, yeah. So I guess we can start by saying where we exist on the Internet. So we're basically on every podcasting platform known to man. So check us out on Radio Public, Stitcher, iTunes, Blurberry. Catch us on a ring in between three tripods. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We are on pendulums, dowsing rods. <laughs> we're, we're just everywhere. Uh, find us everywhere. Everywhere. Find us inside of a crystal. Um, no, but yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, help us, <laughs> please. <laughs> help us. We're in prison. Uh, we're on Facebook, Twitter, and and we now have an Instagram that I try to update um, regularly. I guess we should probably put like videos up of us recording or something. Uh, but anyway, we are right after this recording some extra Patreon content. So uh, if you would like to become a patron, you can get access to us doing Mystery Science Theater styled uh, watchings of shitty uh, shitty material that's related 
to Tyro Book Club material. So uh, for the $4 tier, you can watch the Maradonia movie with us and listen to our commentary. I think that's a great one. Uh, and then do we want to tell Real people? quality piece. Do you want to tell people what we're doing tonight? Sure, why not? Yeah, uh, so we are tonight, we're watching the first two episodes of The Legend of the Seeker, the uh, uh, series that was created uh, after the, oh my god, I almost said The Wheel of Time, um, after the... Sword of Truth. The, the Sword of Truth series, uh, of which we read two of... Uh, I can't talk. We read two of the books from fucking Sword of Truth, and now we're fucking watching the thing about them, okay? Uh, <laughs> I, can't, I can't talk. I haven't really eaten dinner. I've had sweet tarts and some veggie sticks and queso, and uh, I've walked like 10 miles today, and my body is dying. Um, oh, I love veggie sticks. They're so yeah. good. Dude, they have fucking jalapeno ones now. I fucking oh, got those. Shit. Dude, they're so good. I know. I love veggie straws. <laughs> veggie straws, veggie sticks, any kind of veggie chip thing. Oh, man. Put it in my mouth. Uh, yeah. Um, I also had some watermelon. And uh, yeah, sorry. I need to eat food. Th- th- um, thanks for Paris's <laughs> diet yeah. journal right here. It's uh, pretty fucked our- up. Hey. We have to thank our patrons. Oh my god, we can say that plural now. We have a plurality of patrons. Thank you for hearing my pleas, universe. So thank you, Dari, who is uh, our first and uh, most awesome OG. patron for sticking. Yeah, OG patron sticking up, sticking with us for this long. Um, and also thanks to Greg, our newest patron. So thanks, Greg. Um, we're very excited to have you on board this uh, horrible shit train uh, of literature. Uh, so yeah, um, go to our Patreon. Sign up. Dude, give us like $4 once and watch this shit. It's totally worth it. It's super entertaining, I promise you. Especially the Maradonia one. Oh, that's uh, a gem. Yeah, Even if you don't like our commentary, just watch it with the audio off. Yeah, you yeah, laugh. you can just shut us off and just enjoy the film. Uh yeah, I guess I guess that's it. I feel like there was something else I wanted to talk about, but I'm having trouble remembering because my brain is dying due to lack of nutrition. So uh I guess we're gonna sign off and I'm gonna slink away into the kitchen and eat some snacks and then Chris and I are gonna watch uh The Legend of the Seeker. And if you're uh if you subscribe to us on Patreon, you will also be able to watch it and hear our commentary. All right, yeah, that sounds like a lot of fun. Uh, so you go get your snacks. I'll go get also snacks. I guess I was you're trying gonna to get, you're gonna get you're gonna get closer to some snacks. Yeah, gonna, I can't do the fucking noise. Gonna, gonna I gonna tried. Eat them like a animal. That, also like an animal. No, I'm gonna eat a bunch of animals. <laughs> The yogurt is delicious. No, Danimals is so gross. <laughs> What's wrong with you? That's not even proper yogurt. <laughs> Some kind of yogurt something. That's what they... I'm crying about this. Why am I crying? Oh, Jesus. Uh, all right, Paris. See you later. Okay, bye.